Super Talk Mississippi media production. Or pre record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, good Monday afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Monday edition of the Eagle Hour. Not our favorite day of the week, but our favorite hour of every day, 1 to 2 o'clock, when we talk about Southern Miss sports on Super Talk Mississippi. Glad you're with us this afternoon. Al Holder will be joining us uh, from Brandon. Here in just a couple of minutes, Kelly J. Sander posted Bond about 30 minutes ago, so he'll be available uh, for the second half of the show, and we'll be talking to him as well. Opening segment of today's show, as it is every day, is sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit, our proud friends uh, right next to the Hattiesburg Mall. They serve delicious food, truly delicious, seven days a week. Drive through, dine in, they'll deliver it to your house. There's a Dickie's in your neighborhood, undoubtedly. We know our Dickies is great, and we're going to bet yours is too. We encourage you to support Dickies Barbecue Pit. Also, want to thank DBAT and D1 for their recent sponsorship of the Eagle Hour State of the Art Training Facilities right here in Hattiesburg for baseball and softball players at DBAT D1 training for every sport. And uh, these fine institutions are really state of the art on Hardy Street, not far from the campus. Uh, former college athletes or the instructors it is a great place to take your kid if you want them to be the best they can be or if you just want to get in shape and uh, and fine-tune uh, your expertise in whatever sport that may be then d1 would be the place for you to go all right we're going to start the week out by going to our old buddy up in uh, and i say that very factionally and uh, brandon al holder al how are you i'm doing well it's uh, kind of a rainy day here but in, enjoying the day well, Al, of course, uh, if you listen to the show, you know, as a, a lifelong Southern Miss guy, a, a guy that really keeps his ear to the uh, ear to the phone when it comes to sports all over the country. So we enjoy our sports-related conversations with Al. And Al, I'm going to start out by asking you this. I read this morning, LSU with 30 players in uh, COVID-19 quarantine, 30 players, Kansas State suspending its workouts indefinitely after 14 players test positive. Clemson with 23 players in COVID-19 isolation. Texas with 13. It goes on and on. Houston has just stopped their football operations. Uh, There's been an outbreak at Marshall, Arkansas State, reports of uh, COVID uh, positive tests with athletes at Mississippi State. And here we sit, uh, Alan, uh, on uh, June 22nd. I don't know about you. I, I just find it at this point difficult unless something really changes to see how we're going to have football in the fall. Yeah, it's uh, really an interesting – I mean, to, to sit back and watch all of this take place is just really interesting. Uh, it was announced today that Rutgers uh, also now has uh, several cases. So, I mean, it's not just West Coast, East Coast, North, South. It's everywhere. Uh, there's uh, apparently there's 30 players out at UCLA that are uh, reluctant to do anything without some medical help, somebody medically to help them uh, navigate uh, whether they should show up or not show up, or you know. Uh, it, and I, I, 
the I read somewhere where if the if there is no football this fall, that the the so-called Power Five conferences will lose several billions of dollars. Hmm. It's uh, it, it uh, that's a lot of money, right? <laughs> but, the, the, but you know, when you've got all of this confusion and all of this money, who loves to step in the fray? Yeah, our our friends, the plaintiff lawyers. No question. So, well, yeah. here's the Go thing, ahead. too, Al. Um, uh, in kind of following this over the weekend, uh, medical experts say now that people my your age, the people that are supposedly the most vulnerable, that infection rates are dropping. But that's because they say most people mine in your age in the vulnerable category are social distancing and taking necessary precautions not to expose themselves. And the trend now across the country is they're seeing more and more exposures of young people, and this has a direct effect on college football. Am I correct? Yes, absolutely. And, you know, if you look around football stadiums, the ones that I've been to, uh, a significant number of uh, people that are sitting in the seats are people that have been out of school for a while Mm -hmm. and uh, are – uh, out and have made uh, enough money to be able to come and spend a weekend uh, spending, you know, whatever you have to spend to do whatever they do. I mean, I've, I've seen people buy motorhomes that are, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars just to go to football games. Correct. So it's uh, uh, they're, they're, and a lot of us that are of that age, I'm going to be really leery about about showing up uh, in, a, in a place where there's all of this potential for me contracting uh, this virus. No question, Luke. Are you back with us? Luke was tending to some business. Yes, uh, sir. Okay, uh, Luke. You had some. You had some stats too about some other schools being affected. What, what's your thought? As we, I, I realize. First of all, let me say I realize we talk about this every week, but you can't ignore the elephant in the room, Luke. You can't. Uh, a couple things to note. Iowa football um, just had a change. Um, got tweeted out this morning. It has paused ticket sales for the 2020 football season. That's the University of Iowa. That's the Hawkeyes, the people that uh, didn't like Southern Miss's emblem when I played. But right. only individuals who have renewed season tickets and completed per seat contributions by June 30th will be included in potential seating plans. Now, at the very least, that tells you that they're going to greatly limit who gets in the stadium. Some people have interpreted that, that they don't want to continue to sell more tickets that they'll have to refund if football doesn't happen. Um, a, a Another college in, uh, let's see, Division Three Bowdoin College canceled a football and the rest of sports this fall. They made that announcement today. That's a D3 school uh, canceling football. So that is the first uh, cancellation that we have. That is, uh, it's not an NAI school, it's a D3 school. Uh, and they have canceled soccer, football, and uh, all fall sports and are hoping to have spring sports uh, next year. So uh, pr- pretty pretty crazy right there for a D1 school to pause ticket sales and then for actual D3 school to cancel football season. Right. Al, do you think a school like a Southern Miss, I mean, there are a lot of them, Southern Miss, South Alabama, Louisiana, Lafayette, I mean, all, all schools that size, if they play football – and as you say, you know, a, a substantial portion of their fan base are older people who probably went to school there, who donate money to the athletic department, et cetera, et cetera. But they, if the majority of those people are just not comfortable going into that kind of an environment with this virus flying around, can a school like Southern Miss afford to play football? 
Good question. Uh, it's uh, th- and of course that that's the sixty four thousand dollar question. <laughs> if you consider that the real reason that universities exist is to educate students, and we've got all of these students that come coming from all over the place, uh, repopulating the campus. Uh, guess who goes to class with these students? All these athletes. They're just they're just supposedly another student, and so all of a sudden you've got. All of these people coming from all over the place, bringing, you know, if, if the virus is wherever they came from, the potentially bringing that virus to the school, it just uh, it could devastate uh, campuses uh, because uh, uh, you have all of these kids. I, I go out and go shopping, and I have my mask on, and I, you know, I try and be as safe as I can. And, and there are people, these young people, they're running around. They, they don't they don't care about masks and stuff. They just and so it's uh it, it, it it'll. I don't know how this is going to turn out. I've, right. I, I've said all along, without a therapeutic or a or a vaccine, I'm just I'm really reluctant to go out and participate in society. Luke Johnson, you played college football at Southern Miss. How can you? How can they go about uh, safeguarding these kids, getting them ready to play football at the same time, keeping them socially distanced from people who might be carrying the virus? Well. When, when you're talking about inside the bubble of the team, um, you've got even coaches and staff people that would be at risk. So here's the thing. We, we, we know that the virus um, is mainly impacting people over a certain age. Nobody that plays college football is within 30 years of, or 40 years of that age. We, we get that. At the same time, though, you've got to ask, you've got to ask, who will you be impacting? So if there is a way to keep 18 to 22 year olds uh, away from an older population or away from people at risk, but then you get into what if Clemson has a coach that, what if they're my linebacker coach? I don't know how it is, but what if he's 65? You know, what if an O line coach somewhere is uh, 71? You know, are are you not going to let that guy coach? Or are you going to shut down an entire season for one person? Who knows? That That's the kind of questions that people like Jeremy McClain and others are wrestling with right now. They're going to have to get really innovative. Uh, we, we know that the NCAA has set the schedule. July 13th is when voluntary workouts end and the mandatory reporting starts. So they got less than a month uh, to figure it out. I got a feeling, though, if they don't have everything planned out, you may just see the rug pulled out from underneath it. You think so? You you think we? How, can... are, how are they going to guarantee? Though that's that's the thing. Yeah, and, and I, I you may get where conferences are operating independently. I don't know. You may just have some guys that say, "Hey, we got a plan and we're going to roll with it." You may have some people. Maybe the Pac-12 because you know uh, East or West Coast thinking they don't want to risk it. They don't. I don't know how how it's going to work, but they the time uh, is of uh, the essence here. Because if the cases keep going up, uh, it, it may just be all over. Right. We're going to continue this conversation. We're going to talk about baseball. We're going to talk about an announcement Conference USA made this morning. Lots more to come on the Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Welcome back. Glad you're with us on a Monday afternoon. Bob and Luke from the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. I want to thank First Bank for their continuing sponsorship of our show. The first client that came on board now almost three years ago when we started this, hard to believe, 
and uh, we appreciate them. They've been with us every day that we've been on the air. We're very, very grateful uh, to our good friends at First Bank. This segment sponsored by Campus Bookmark, campusbookmark.net. It is summertime. They've got all sorts of Southern Miss summer apparel in stock, waiting on you to check it out. You can visit their store Monday through Saturday on Hardy Street, right across from the Southern Miss campus, and they're providing you with all the uh, COVID-19 safety guidelines that make it possible for you to go back in the store. If you're uncomfortable doing that, uh, you can go online and go to campusbookmart.net. We're talking about college football, the uncertainty surrounding uh, the season. The same can be said for Major League Baseball, and I know my friend Al is a is a big supporter of that. And before I ask you to comment on that, Al, let me remind everybody, go to the uh, Eagle Hour Facebook page, and I posted some video that the athletic department put up this morning, the ESPN video and description of the Grand Slam home run by Matthew Guidry in the seventh inning to tie up uh, the regional finals against LSU last year. It will put a smile on your face. I bet I've watched it 15 times this morning. Uh, it gave me chill bumps and big smiles every time. So if you're feeling kind of blue on a Monday, go to our Facebook page and watch Matthew Guidry with the uh, knee on the ground, uh, Grand Slam home run. Al Holder, I bet you remember that moment, and that's still exciting to watch today. Absolutely. It just I mean, just a jump out of your seat moment. Just a, and, and you knew it was out of there the minute it was hit. Right. I, I don't know if you if you remember that that home run that Walner hit yeah. down there. <laughs> that, that you could hear that that hit that ball a mile away. That that thing was not just knocked out of the park; it was crushed. They're probably still looking for that thing. <laughs> Luke, is there anything more exciting in sports than a moment like that with Gidry, the grand slam home run? I mean, it's so exhilarating. It wasn't just the the fact that he hit a home run. It was where the pitch was, how the swing was. It wasn't like they threw a, you know, LSU threw a, a 95 mile an hour fastball right down the middle. I mean, it was down and in. He, he reminisces a little Kirk Gibson there. He's basically hitting it off a knee, you know, in a big moment like that against LSU in the new box. I mean, it, there's a lot going on there at that moment. Uh, you would think that Gidry was, was probably going to strike out there. Southern had to have, uh, a, a moment and, and they did. And that was, and, and if you, you know, think about that game too. Josh Lewis, who I think is probably the forgotten guy in that regional, what a job he did coming in, having to pitch like that, and uh, held the Tigers at bay for quite a long time. I mean, it was just one of those moments—a spectacular weekend. You 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 knock Arizona State out. You come from behind to do that. That was one of those fun regionals. It was sure a lot more fun than than the recent trips to Tallahassee and, and Arkansas. That was a fun one that you'll remember for quite a while. Well, no question, too. Watch that video, guys, and listen to the Southern Miss people in the Tigers' den when that ball goes out of the ballpark. They made their presence known. But, uh, Al Holder, what two great baseball fan bases when you've got Southern Miss and LSU locked up in college baseball. Yeah, that, uh, I've, I've been down there a bunch of times, and uh, the, those, the fans down there tend to be really, really good baseball fans. So we we and we get along. We don't hear a lot of the right. same stuff you hear when you go to a football game down there. All that tiger bait stuff. We we uh, we we're, we're there more for the pure 
a sport of uh, of watching. Uh, Can't a good say that now, Al. Can't say that now. It's politically incorrect to say oh, anything right, with bait on the end of it. Oh, so that's right. We'll, we'll be hearing from the FCC on that. Just want to remind you, and don't want you to get fined. Thank you for your reminder there, Luke. All right, guys. Uh, speaking of craziness, uh, Conference USA, being the leaders that they are in everything, of course, they <laughs> they, they wait and, and wait for the NCAA and wait for the SEC, et cetera, et cetera. But Conference USA, uh, the commissioner woke up over the weekend, uh, realized uh, about what the SEC and uh, and the NCAA had uh, singled out the state of Mississippi about the state flag. And in essence, uh, Conference USA singled out Southern Miss this morning and said that they would not allow any sort of conference championships in Mississippi until the state flag was changed. Luke Johnson, when you read that, what what is exactly the first thought that came in your mind? Here's the. It's not surprising. That's the first thing. I, you you felt like it was coming. The SEC sent out a threat. Um, you know, before the NCAA, Conference USA sent out a threat, and then the NCAA, uh, NCAA dropped the hammer. If you're Conference USA, you cannot. I mean, you you've got to do that. Your your ruling board is not allowing things to happen in the state. You have to do that. The official statement coming out today from Judy McLeod, the CUSA Board of Directors approved the prohibition of all conference championship events in the state of Mississippi until the Confederate emblem is removed from the state flag. So their issue is not the flag itself. It is the upper left-hand corner of the flag. Uh, I saw one um, possible solution this weekend. They took the Confederate emblem out and put... Uh, some food from Wards in there in the top left hand, and so that would be appropriate for the state of Chili Mississippi. Dog. Chili so, dog, a big one, a big one. Yeah, but, yeah. But it's a it's a big deal because eight out of the nine uh, conference championships been held in Mississippi. Southern Miss on the slate again to host in Hattiesburg in 2022, and Conference USA says not going to happen until a change takes place. Al, I'm a lover of sports, and one of the reasons that I love sports so much is because. For many, many years, sports is where you go to get away from politics, to get away from stress, to get away from whatever's swirling around uh, in your life or perhaps in the country. And it's also been it's a unifier. You know, when you're at a when you're at a sporting event, you're watching your team play. There's no black. There's no white. You know, it's black and gold. You're all there. You're all you all have this in common. And as an old timer like myself, I just find it so disappointing to see politics you know, just kind of overrunning sports, even even if they were not having sports. And I just I find it disturbing for entities like Conference USA to threaten a school and impose its way of thinking uh, on an institution uh, by threatening to take things away from them when, in fact, the school has absolutely no ability to change the state flag. Your thoughts? Well, it, any any time uh, you have leverage to accomplish something uh, that that you think ought to be accomplished, you're going to use the leverage, and that's all. That that's what the, is going on with the NCAA and these conferences following suit. That's uh, that's all it is. Is there's leverage to to get to to get the uh, the uh, uh, Confederate battle flag removed from the state of Mississippi's uh, flag, and that's all. That's all it is. It's just leverage, and they're using leverage. But I agree with you. With sports, uh, kind of transcends all of that. They're supposed to, and uh, but it's getting very, very political everywhere, and and uh, which uh, just is kind of mind-boggling to me. But mm-hmm. anyway, it's the way it is, and uh, we just have to kind of go with the flow. It, uh, I, I still think uh, 
that if, if, the, if something's going to be done with the flag, that it ought to be done the way it was implemented in the first place, and that is the legislature ought to step up and do a vote. But to get those guys to do that, that right, that's right. Uh, really far-fetched. Yeah. I got you. All right, we've got two minutes left, guys. Uh, Al, you got any, uh, any updated thoughts on whether or not we're going to see any Major League Baseball? I think uh, it looks like you're trying to meet in the middle, do 66 games, uh, and, you know, a few other uh, dot the I's, cross the T kind of thing. I think that's probably what we're going to see. Uh, but we, we're at a, a situation right now where the owners and the players are at loggerheads, and this is really going to manifest itself next year when they get into uh, negotiating a new contract. That's, that's going to be really ugly. Luke, are we going to hear these words, play ball? I, I just I, – I think there's too much to lose if they don't have a season. And it's been the classic case of the owners, well, we want to save money this year. Well, here's the thing. If you lose a third or, or a fourth of your fan base by saying that, you're going to lose money for the next 30 years. Mm-hmm. And that's I've heard from several guys that have sons – and through social media or whatever, you know, nobody's going to read it, but they've said, hey, Major League Baseball, we're trying to get our sons to watch Braves games, Cardinals games, Cubs games with us, Yankees games with us, and we're trying to give you new fans. And if you don't give us a season, it's going to be really hard to tell my son later on. And I remember that as a kid. I was 10 years old when the strike went on. I remember that. And I felt like as a kid, I was mad. I didn't get to come home after school and watch WGN and Harry Carey and the Cubs. And and so I, I think – in, in the case of trying to save a few pennies this year, hundreds of millions of dollars, I get it. But they're going to lose a whole lot more if they don't get the season done. Right. Al, who do you follow? Who's your favorite Major League Baseball team? Uh, I'm a Cubs fan, and I'm a, I've become a Braves yeah. fan simply simply because I can, uh, I can uh, watch all the games. But I've always been a Cubs fan. I just, I've, right. I've always loved it. Uh, I lived in Detroit many, many years ago after I graduated uh, uh, from the finest university in Mississippi and uh, uh, went and lived up there. So I became a Tiger fan in the late 60s when they won the uh, mm-hmm. World Championship in 68. What a great ball club that right. was. Well, look, you, you two Cubs fans remind me, my, my memory's foggy. Who, who won the World Series last year? Let's see. I, what team was that? Yeah, you, you remember that, Luke? Uh, Some obscure team. Cubs won it in 2016. That's all I care about. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Alan. Thank you, buddy. Al Holder, everybody, from Brandon, Mississippi. Kelly Sander from Hattiesburg, Mississippi, is next on the Eagle Hour. Stay with us. Southern Miss to the top. Back on a Monday, third segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you every day by 4th Street Bar and Grill located in Hattiesburg, Mississippi on 4th Street. 895 Daily Lunch comes with a free drink. Go by and uh, see our good friends at 4th Street Bar and Grill. You can always check out their Facebook page to know the menu of what's going to be served at lunch. 4th Street Bar and Grill. 
proud sponsor of the Eagle Hour, Bob and Luke from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and beautiful downtown Laurel, Kelly John Center, joins us now. Kelly, uh, Conference USA coming out today. Uh, the Conference USA Board of Directors approved the prohibition of all conference championship events in the state of Mississippi until the Confederate emblem is removed from the state flag. Probably the best uh, reaction to that was from a Louisiana Tech fan on Facebook who says, Louisiana Tech will probably let Conference USA use our stadium. Southern Miss probably has a better winning record there than they do at home anyway. I just, I just don't think that any conference – so I'm not just picking on Conference USA. I just don't think any conference has any business getting involved in state politics in any state. They're there to conduct sports for the schools that are involved, and this is a state matter. And you know, it's going to go. It's going to. It's going to go before a vote. And if if most of the people in Mississippi think it's time for a change, then it's going to change. But if not, I don't think the SEC, I don't think the Big 12, I don't think any conference has any business getting its hands involved in state politics. Amen, Kelly Santa. Amen, you're right. You're right. And, 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 I, and the, other, the other aspect to it is the leadership at Southern Miss hasn't flown the state flag. And, you know, there's people who have right. a legitimate beef. They've had a legitimate beef to say, okay, if you're not going to fly the state flag, don't take state dollars. I get that. Right. And, and I think that is a that is a great point. At the same time, from a Conference USA perspective, why are you going to punish a school that, that has rejected the state flag for five years? And the, if you're the SEC, it's also Mississippi State and Ole Miss haven't flown it also. Right. I think I think sometimes at football games you put it out there because it is a part of an official presentation of the colors. You know, but it, for for Conference USA to slap down Southern Miss, Southern Miss can't change the flag. Southern Miss can't can't you know do that. And so it, I, I'm with you. I don't think they they have a business getting into it. At the same token, I think it's forced the hand of people, which is really unfortunate because we always say that money drives things, and it seems as if the money or the loss of money in sports revenue is going to be what forces everybody's hand, which, again, is uh, bad motivation to do it. If you don't like the flag, if you don't like the flag that, that it got co-opted and kidnapped by hate groups in the last hundred years, that's why you change it, not because you may lose some money in inside your state well you guys make two excellent points the first is that the university quit flying the flag what luke four or five years ago so the university's already rejected the flag kelly makes a good point the conference is really you gonna go punish a school because of of something that the state of mississippi uh, continues to do when the school has no ability to stop it anywhere except on its campus and they made the decision to do that right or wrong they made that decision so I mean, at, at what point, at what point are you just pandering to the mob? And here's here's something that you guys might not have known about, but also from Conference USA, they they acknowledge that all, you know all the money that a Southern Miss, let's use baseball, you know the baseball tournament that Southern Miss hosts, whether it's on campus or down on the coast, the money that it brings into the into the conference, um, if if those baseball tournaments, for example, aren't you know, played at Southern Miss and at some other school, uh, Conference USA and its infinite wisdom said to make up for the, the difference in money that they would stand to gain by a Mississippi hosted tournament, they're going to host a bake sale and car wash. <laughs> <laughs> 
Hey, so I, you that know. might have actually been on the docket for yeah. suggestions. Okay, well, that's really probably, not that far out, Kelly. Well, here, right. here's the other here's the other thing, Luke. Let's just hypothetically say, and we're hoping that we have a football season again as each day goes by. We're doubting more and more, but let's just say Southern Miss, you know, would be the number one seed for for football, and under under the current Conference USA rules, would host the championship game. Right. Great point. So again, you know, if Southern Miss were were to be able to host under normal circumstances the conference championship game, you're you're punishing a bunch of football players, many of which, um, you know, aren't even from the state of Mississippi and couldn't vote anyway. I mean, most are, but you know, you've got some football players that that don't even live here and couldn't vote for a change in flag anyway. So you'd be punishing a bunch of football players. Uh, and and the league's primary existence, and in their mission statement, is to to make the college athletic experience, you know, the best it can be for the players that it is serving. Correct. So if you're if you're truly serving those players, you're not going to get involved in something that could potentially hurt those players. And here's what the brilliant leadership at Conference USA would be saying in that circumstance, Kelly. And that could happen. That could happen yep. this yes, year. Yes, it could. It what could. they're saying is. Look, even though you don't fly the flag on your campus, even though you don't have anything to do with that flag anymore, so no one at the football game is going to see it, but because of the fact that there are some entities in other parts of your state that continue to fly it, we're going to punish you and we're going to move the game to another location. What does that say to the to the to the longest standing member of your conference right now, and that and that is Southern Miss. Is this really the way you treat your longest standing conference member? But but then again, it's it's no secret that on this show and and many people in the general public have long been wanting to jump ship from Conference USA, Correct. and this is this is a big reason why. Correct. Uh, the the leadership is weak, in my opinion, and. Um, Look, you know, when they come up with a good idea every once in a while, a couple of years ago when they tried the pod play in basketball, I was all for it. Let's try it, you know. But that's really about the only thing that I've seen in the in the past two or three years that I've known about. Now, obviously, the ADs know a lot more than I do. But that's the, the, the pod play a couple of years ago is about the only original or fresh idea that the leadership of Conference USA has shown me. Right. Um, and I, I just – it's it's weak leadership, and you just – you don't go sticking your nose in business where it doesn't belong. It's not a, there, there are no good, happy endings to any of these stories. And you would think that Conference USA would say, look, I understand the flag in Mississippi is a volatile issue, but it is not for us as a conference to decide. No. Yeah, that'd take a little courage to do that right now in this environment we live in, and there's none of that uh, in Conference USA. Uh, Kelly, you said you had some junior college news. Let's uh, yeah, the, talk the, about something uh, pleasant. The, the NJCAA, the National Junior College Athletic Association, had uh, put out a statement last week that they are recommending that the junior colleges, and of course Mississippi has one of the strongest junior college systems in the country, that they would uh, allow their football players to come back on July 15th, July 15th, and to begin practice on August 1st. Now, in the meantime, just very shortly after that, athletic directors from the Mississippi, the Mac Jack, the Mississippi Association of Community and Junior Colleges, had said they are seriously looking at a plan that would at least keep the football schedule intact, however, delay the start of the season 
maybe three to four weeks. And in the JUCOs, they only play nine weeks. So there would still be enough time in the, in the calendar to do that. However, now tomorrow, you see how quickly all this is happening. Tomorrow, the junior college presidents in the state of Mississippi are meeting. It was a regularly scheduled business, business meeting, so it's, it's not specifically to deal with the football season, but, but sources tell me that it is going to come up. And we, we may know something as late as tomorrow afternoon what the future may be of junior college football is, at least for the state of Mississippi. Hmm. So, so much uncertainty, fellas. So much uncertainty. Can you yeah, know? but Bob, you, you know, you look at the news last week as we as we went off the air. Clemson reported what twenty three players right are in under quarantine now after testing positive. Um, you know, two major league baseball right. franchises shut down their their you know their their workout camps. Uh, more and more college colleges are having players test positive for COVID. And what's interesting, a lot of these players aren't showing any symptoms. Mm-hmm. But, so you're, but they're carriers. Yeah, so, so, so do you shut down everything, even though they have it but aren't showing any symptoms? Well, here's the thing, though. They're, they're infecting other people around them, supposedly. So, I mean, do you turn your back? Okay, well, you, you may not get symptoms, but we're going to take a chance of you getting COVID. If you get symptoms, we're sorry, but, you know, most of the guys don't have symptoms. They're really in a difficult and impossible situation. 30 players in quarantine right now at LSU. Kelly, 30 LSU football players. Yeah, I, uh, and, I, and I understand with yesterday being Father's Day, a lot of the Alabama players, um, a lot of the Alabama players called the LSU players to wish them a happy Father's Day because LSU has <laughs> now said for several months, who's your daddy? <laughs> Se- several several people called made calls to Joe Burrow yesterday. Georgia did, <laughs> Auburn did, Alabama did. <laughs> There's a lot, so, of, a lot of love between LSU and Alabama. Oh, for sure. <laughs> for sure. Lots of love. Yes, lots of love. For well, if you if you grew up like I did, Kelly, did you ever eat an Eskimo pie growing up? I sure did. Well, you're not going to eat anymore, brother. And uh, we're, we're going to talk about hey. the demise of the Eskimo pie when we come back. And, Luke, you'll have some good stuff for us. Texas. Texas did, Florida did, Mississippi State did, Joe Burrow's the daddy of America, Ole Miss, Arkansas, A&M, Oklahoma, and Clemson. He's everybody's daddy. (laughs) We'll be back. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Toyota of Hattiesburg brings you the fourth segment of the Eagle Hour. Also online, toyotahattiesburg.com. You can search their entire inventory, new pre-owned and certified vehicles. You can... uh, Get your trade-in value, and also you can uh, rent Toyota cars. All that is in toyotahattiesburg.com. Also, they are located on Highway 98 in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Toyota of Hattiesburg, proud sponsor of the Eagle Hour. Also, I want to make you aware, DBAT is now open in Hattiesburg. Absolutely wonderful training facility. As uh, your kids uh, start emerging and uh, itching to uh, go get some athletic training, they sell memberships. That's located 
Union in Hattiesburg. DBAT is a great place. Go on their Facebook page and just check it out for yourself. Uh, just pictures of the facility uh, offering baseball and softball training, and we appreciate uh, their sponsorship of the Eagle Hour. Luke and Bob from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel. Kelly Sander joins us. Uh, guys, the first major championship in golf Going to happen without fans August 6th through 9th. The PGA Championship will be held in San Francisco. Good luck on that. But the PGA of America uh, announcing today that the first major golf championship of the year, 6th through the 9th. Kelly, your thoughts, the PGA, it seems, as is NASCAR, has been ahead of the curve in getting back to normal. Although we, we talked last week about how after the first three weeks of the PGA returning, there wasn't one in uh, PGA player that tested positive for the virus. Nick Watney now is the first um, is the first player to test positive. But because it's an individual sport, you know that it, it's so much easier to be able to deal with it and stuff. So, you know, obviously he'll quarantine and be away from everybody else and make his schedule accordingly. So it's just much easier to to deal with uh, individual sports like that. I hate it for for fans that they you know won't be able to to see it. But lots of times, I mean. The best seat in the house, anyway, is at home, watching it on TV. But, um, but yeah, they have been way ahead of the curve in testing and just uh, making sure that everybody is as safe as possible, as far as that goes. Hmm. I guess that's another one of those sports, though, sort of like NASCAR, that you could watch that on TV, and and a crowd not being there really wouldn't have a big impact on on you enjoying the game. Am I correct, or in this sort of term? <laughs> I, I I think what's funny though is these. I was watching. The, the tournament in South Carolina yesterday, and there's no fans there, right? Mm-hmm. But but the announcers are still going. He's <laughs> are the guys still holding the signs up that say "quiet," even though there's nobody there, Kelly? <laughs> is that for the fish? Is that for the? Uh, yeah, yeah. You know. Well, now, Kelly, I have some bad news for you before we close the show out today. Uh, the name Eskimo is commonly used in Alaska. This is according to Wikipedia to refer to the, and I may mispronounce, the, the Inuit people, I-N-U-I-T, and Yupik people of that area of the world. And it's been used for hundreds of years. But because now it is considered derogatory in other parts of the world, by the way, if you use the language of those people, it means eater of raw meat. That's where Eskimo came from. Okay. But Kelly... And the new world we live, it was announced this weekend that Eskimo pies that you and I grew up eating will no longer be because it is racist and it is just insensitive to eat an Eskimo pie. So Eskimo pies are going by the wayside, Kelly Sander. Are you feeling better now about things? I've seen a lot of protests across the country, but um, that's that's one I missed, uh, the Eskimo protest. Well, we um, need to get this information a, to Judy McLeod because undoubtedly you will not be allowed to host any championship tournaments if you serve Eskimo pies uh, at any of your ball games. That would certainly go hand in hand. It would Correct. make sense. Absolutely. Um, there's another viral video out about police, police brutality. We need to end it. Um, it's a young man who challenged a police officer to cover him uh, in the middle of a park. And so one police officer has a football. The other police officer, in full gear, steps up uh, as a wide receiver and absolutely jukes and blows past the young man <laughs> for a touchdown. Let's end police brutality. Let's just all get along, folks. Let's just all remember that we're Americans and we love our sports and uh, let's settle our political differences 
by talking it out with one another and keeping it out of the world of sports, Kelly Sander. You're burning my sports. We, we need to get that to, to the con- – I just – you know, the, the conference board of governors, who are these people? I mean, I, w- I want to know who they are. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll have to find out about that, yeah. Yeah, this faceless board of governors. You know, who are they? It's the Illuminati, man. They're behind it all. They they sit in a bunkers, and uh, they make decisions. They're, they're actually bringing the rain in right now, Kelly. Um, they're that mysterious people that Louie always barks at. They put the Wonder Bread wrapper in the front yard blowing through. It's all them living in a bunker somewhere, ruining Conference USA. Yeah. And yeah. and, and can, we, can the world be close to ending with Luke Johnson showing a sense of humor, ladies <laughs> and poor Louie. How do we drag Louie into this? Uh, Louie isn't bothering anybody, is he, Kelly? Hey, Louie is protesting. He does not want to, he doesn't want his name involved with, with any of it, you know? <laughs> So, All right. Well, maybe one day, guys, there'll be a game we can actually talk about on this show. How long has that been, Luke, since we actually talked about a game? Three months? Maybe a little longer? Actually, guys, the longest, this has been the longest drought in the history of America where no professional sport, no professional team sport has been played in now over 100 days. Hmm. Not one. I miss it. I do, too. And I hope we get it back. All right, that wraps up the show today. Thank you, as always, for listening. Thanks to our sponsors. Thanks to our listeners. The three of us back tomorrow at 1 o'clock. Until then, Southern Miss. To the to top. To the top. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.